Greetings, Commanders, and welcome to episode 361 of Lave Radio, the show that likes to talk about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, Commander Phoenix of Fire, Chief Archivist of Lave Station, otherwise known as Colin Ford, and joining me in the Orange Sidewinder Bar for this episode, we have our Head of Health and Safety, Commander Aid Levice, otherwise known as Ben Moss Woodward. Yeah, I'm not doing so good at that, because whilst I was looking away at the monitor so I could change the title of the show, I crashed into a sun. Hmm. It's probably, that probably goes against some kind of health and safety regs, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, probably. That's, that's, that's a typical Yahtzee move, that is. It, it does make you the official Lay Radio Muppet of the Week, though, Ben. Excellent. Well, Muppets are good. I like the Muppets. Yeah, I, th- I think we need a Muppet of the Week jingle from now on. Live Radio Muppet of the Week. Thank you very much for the, for your for your contribution there, Colin. <laughs> it, it needs to be sung by Colin. So instead of smut, oh, he just has. No, no, I'm 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 appealing to our wonderful audience oh, to no. come up with a Muppet of the Week lyrics that Colin can then sing for us. <laughs> right. Right, yeah, okay, let's move on to the, the wonderful tones there you hear is Commander Shan, our human resources director. Hello. Mm-hmm. Uh, and joining us, um, mostly because, uh, unfortunately, uh, we've had uh, two dropouts. Uh, Commander Psykit is elsewhere. And um, Commander Alec Turner, who is hoping to be on, um, he's, he's, he's poorly. He's poorly. So at the last moment, we got Commander Tweaked, who turned up. And we're very grateful. Hello, everybody. Yeah, he was just walking past and we got a crook and walked him into the station. Yeah, pulled me into the building, put a bag over my head, and here I am. Yes. Pretty much exactly how it went. I I was walking around, sort of looking around the dark corners of the internet when I bumped into Tweaked and said, You'll do. I can can I can I borrow your body, please? (laughs) And there we have Ben Mosswoodwood's chat up technique, right? 
74. You are chosen. It's Ben's idea of the squid games, is it? <laughs> no, I'm I'm thinking that that horrible moment in Fantasy Final Fantasy Seven where um you you're chosen to be <laughs> chosen to be the bride of somebody. <laughs> anyway, um if you wish you could join us live. We're hanging out in game. Where are we hanging out in game then? The bride of somebody. He's not even bought me dinner yet. <laughs> and I've not bought him dinner either for that matter. There's this Married at First Sight live radio edition. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. I, I, I'm about to get into his spaceship uh, when I find out where he is. So, yes, currently, though, we are at Nakonda. I am uh, so sorry, to Commander Tweaked. I, I guess you knew what you were in for. <laughs> oh, I know totally what I'm in for. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with it. Not easily offended, insulted, or made angry. So I will soon challenge accepted. <laughs> So yes, so there there we are. If you can't get to us in game, you can always join us in the Twitch chat channel, which you can access through laveradio.com slash live. Click on the live chat uh, or go straight to twitch.tv slash laveradio or just look up Lave Radio on YouTube or even Facebook because we're, we're streaming to there as well. So we'll go around the crew, uh, see what they've been up to for the last week and we will start with Ben. Um... So this week's been technically quiet, but it's a lot of preparations. November November is looking incredibly busy for me, and I'll leave it there for the time being. Uh, but the wife is basically going around pricing things up, saying, "Can I can I borrow your credit card? Yeah, can I can I borrow your credit card, Ben?" Oh dear. Yeah. Uh, and and you just sold that very expensive house as well. Mm. <laughs> so is she a little bit like Andy in Little Britain? Goes, I want that one. I want that one. I want that one. Uh, pretty much. The annoying thing is, I think I just talked my talks her into picking something that's a couple of more, a couple of hundred quid more than she was looking at. So that was a bit of an oopsie by me. So can we put requests for you to buy stuff as well? No. Yeah, I, I need a new computer. Yes, you and me both. <laughs> I've got um, a cat to pay for. I don't have that anymore. Mine's dead. What the uh, computer? Cat, thankfully. So yes. Okay, so you're going to be basically broke in November. Pretty well broke by by December. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Shan. What about you? I had a really good weekend, really. I'm still slowly making my way back to Colonia on the mm-hmm. Shanahanigans. I'm, I'm kind of uh, still fine-tuning my bacterial colonies finding technique. Yeah, they're so, fun. Yeah, yeah, but they are they are fun, I suppose. But uh, yeah, so I'm just I'm making my way back there. Out of game, uh, let me see... Um, I on Sunday, well Saturday, we had virtually all the family around for cat worshipping at various times. So mm-hmm. we we had the almost all the immediate family around, apart from mother-in-law. Your family's Egyptian now. Well, apparently, and um, and then on Sunday, I had a good time making a ten-year-old boy cry. Right. Okay. Um, okay. And um, that is twenty forty. Uh, Putnik, if you would mind making a clip of that, please. 
<laughs> no, what it, what it was was I I, I frequent several uh, electric car Facebook groups, and there was a there was a post by one of the members who'd been in contact with this nine-year-old boy's mum, and this boy was mad keen on Teslas. I mean, obsessive about them. Um, so he put an appeal out for anyone who lives around our local area if they wouldn't mind turning up on Sunday morning and convoy past where this boy would be walking on the park to let him you know, have a drive in the car, play the games, and generally sort of fulfill his Tesla dreams. So, yeah, we, we drove past there. On seeing the fourth Tesla drove past, according to his mum, he burst into tears because he was so happy that all his favourite cars were there at once. Oh, right. So basically you made a, a little boy cry happy, not a yes. little boy just cry. What, what, what do you think? Do you think I go around making little boys cry on purpose? The sadness um, and terror. Uh, well, you're Shan. Of course we would. Um, and on, anyway, so that was a really good day. It was nice to do something nice for someone else, really. And with, yeah, anyway. And the uh, test subject Gamma passed their final acceptance test with the... Um, the larceny and evasion test. Mm-hmm. So, test subject Gamma now has a name. Oh, and what, what is the name? I take it nothing was chosen or nothing was sent in via the leave well, radio well, listeners. There was, a, there was a few good ones um, that, that, that were sent in. Um, but, but in the end, we went for Hobbs from Cavs. Oh, right then. That's fair enough. Uh, because, well, what, uh, when we were students, you see, um, Mrs. Sharon and I and the other friends, we would sit down on a Sunday afternoon reading Calvin and Hobbes, the, the books, and uh, chuckling to ourselves and showing each other the various cartoons and stuff. So uh, have a, having a cat called Hobbes seemed entirely appropriate. Well, that's fair enough, and considering it's Bengal and looks almost tigerish, I'm quite sure it's, uh, um, it's appropriate. Yeah, we're also clicker training it. So if you just wiggle a finger now, you can lead it to wherever you want it to go. And it will just gently then touch the finger with its nose. Yeah. So, right. so you, we're, we're training it properly now to, to do various stuff. As I say, it passed the larceny and evasion test during the week. Excellent news. Right. Commander Tweaked, you know what you're in for. What have you been for the, up to for the last, well, bit? <laughs> Who are well, you? What do you do? What are you up to? And things like that. Yeah. yeah. Friday night, we had a nice, chill episode of Black Sky Legion. I'm a co-host with Kaizen over there on Friday night, so we did that. We had a good time. Mm-hmm. I haven't really been too busy over the weekend because I've, for those of you at Late Radio that don't know, I'm a father of four daughters, two of which are grown up with daughters of their own. I got an autistic daughter that keeps me plenty busy at home, and they've been sick under the weather. And, uh, yeah, today we got the happy news i guess if you want to be sarcastic as hell that my wife tested positive for covid so yeah it's been a fun oh god that sucks she's okay though we're all vaccinated and stuff so we're hoping that it'll go fairly smooth and everything fingers crossed for you guys i appreciate that i think we'll be just fine she's a strong one and she's doing okay right now so it's just a matter of waiting that out so now i'm quarantined for 10 days so I'll probably be catching up on some engineering on Odyssey since I've moved over to the PC side now. Right. Um, well, that's good to hear. Um, 
Let's have a quick think. Um, in game, um, yeah, I'm I'm continuing the the trip into Colonia, scanning as many plants as I I can. I've now managed to get something like collector rank or something daft like that. It's it's the equivalent of expert, whatever it is. So I'm I'm doing quite well with my plant scanning, uh, and um, obviously did a bit of power play which um, I managed to escape from a ganker, which was I was really proud of. And finally, we have, um, yeah, a new top shift went out, 128, if people want to have a look at that. Oh, and yeah, finally, uh, been involved in the CG a lot, which uh, basically I, I worked my bottom off and I still only managed 100%. So that was that was that, but we might have to look at the return of the bathroom update. The bathroom update uh, looks like we'll be getting a new bathroom, so that's going to be our turn <laughs> for everyone to laugh at me every week as nothing gets done. <clears throat> and we have a speech to take for how long it's going to take. Um, we will we'll look at that later. Oh, I mean, Colin, when is your bathroom update going to be starting? Because we might have a race. <laughs> um, well, we've already started planning, but I don't know okay. whether or not it's... The thing that my wife is spending money on is basically living, living room, painting, flooring, plus uh, doors, basically replacing every single one of our doors, internal doors. You know what I'm thinking, don't you, Colin, Ben? What are you thinking, Sean? Two words, changing rooms. Oh, my goodness. I suspect oh, Colin's missus wouldn't trust me to decorate their house, and I know my missus would not trust Colin to decorate our house. Yes, but it'd make one heck of a programme, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's just like the yeah. way that you're always glad that you're not taking part at Married at First Sight, but you enjoy watching it mm. just die constantly. And uh, for those of you who are interested, uh, Commander Ventura has put Top Shift 129 into the into the chat stream. Thanks for that, for that Norman. <laughs> it's just, uh, always, always nice to get a bit of uh, promotion. Um, right, well, <laughs> moving on from there, uh, we will um, go through what the development team have been doing this week. Well, uh, first off, we've got to say hello to Commander Witherspoon and Commander Beetlejude, who with uh, Commander, was it Toasty Tater Tot or Tater? Toasty Tater Tot. Yes, we're on the lower screen about the Azimuth Saga on Thursday. Uh, I, I thought they came across very, very well, very knowledgeable, and it's good to see Beetlejude put Wotherspoon in his place every now and again. <laughs> he, he, he needs it, let's face he it. He does, he does. Um, so, uh, well, Ben, what did you think of the stream if you saw it? Yeah, I saw it, I enjoyed it, it was a good one. Um, I know Jude was worried about it uh, beforehand, but you know, she came across great, everybody came across fine. There was the usual people moaning about why aren't you telling us about this? Um, and they were promptly shot down and told to shut the fuck up. That's not the actual CM's words, I hope. No, that's probably not the actual CM's words, but I, I did see several mods, you know, uh, moderating things. And I think I, I know I told people, you know, like, didn't tell them to STFU, obviously, but did say, this is a, this is a thing about the law. Why are you asking questions about where is my insert feature here 
Yeah, I must admit that I I am getting quite tired of those questions coming up on the streams all the time. And there's always the the same people cutting and pasting the same questions in all the time. And they've said what they've said about these things. Uh, The console version, they'll they'll talk about it when they're good and ready, unfortunately. Uh, And to tell you the truth, until they get EDO ready... working properly on a machine that's equivalent to yeah. an Xbox or a PS4, I don't think there's even any point asking. And Yeah, not being nasty, but if a 30XX series card can't handle it, how do you expect I, I agree with that, but I do think it's awfully unfair to the console yeah. community, of which I am a part of. I've got, uh, My squadron yeah, is 170 cool. strong on Xbox, and People aren't playing. There's been no new content on Horizons in years, so people are bored, period. This is way delayed. Well, we understand that, but they've already made the position completely clear. Yeah, well, not really. I mean, all they've said to this point is we hope to have some more information by the end of the year, period. Mm -hmm. And that's it, which I guess that's, that's what you wait for. But as a console player, you're hoping for a little more, like... Could that SRV be put into Horizons as well as Odyssey? I don't know. Mm. Things like that, but we never get any information like that. So the console community constantly feels like they're put in the dark corner of a back room somewhere. Yeah, I mean, historically, there has always been questions that were asked time and time again that Frontier either ignored or gave a stuck answer to. The one that springs to mind was on the PS4 is when is PSVR coming out? That was yeah. the one that was being asked for ages. And then there was uh, Elite Feet. And there's basically there's a whole set of questions that people ask routinely. And, all, you know, I think the, uh, the about a console release of Odyssey, I think if you like, that's this year's one. Mm, uh, no, I, I think, the, well, it's either that or on foot VR. It's one of the two. They constantly it, it it gets to the point where you're trying to concentrate on the stream and it's got nothing to do with with these releases and it it can get distracting. I mean, we understand that you know it's it's been a it's been a while since the uh, the Horizons release has got anything. Um, but I wonder do people think it'll speed things up the more they go on about it? Because it won't. No. Honestly, honestly, I think to talk to that part, I think that comes from for a long time, nobody said anything to FDev and then Odyssey happened. And now I think that trust has been broken and everybody feels like if they don't beat the, 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 the idea into their heads, like the fleet carrier interiors, then they won't do anything. But if you're loud about it, if you make enough noise about it, maybe they'll change their mind down the line. Yeah. It's like, like the constant, we're still here, we're alive. Yeah. Yep. Remember us, please. Yeah. <laughs> and to, I, I have just made it to your ship. Um, where I see that. I can't see you. Where are you? Oh, there you are there. There yeah. you are. Um, so what did everybody, uh, oh, sorry, Shan, what did you think to how Wotherspoon and everybody uh, handled things on, on, on the stream? I think they did a good job. There was a good dynamic between them. And yeah, uh, yeah I, they did really well. The thing is, though, why, whenever I hear um, Beetlejuice or Wotherspoon, I immediately go into Gownet News mode. 
So I'm kind mm-hmm. of expecting Galnet News style stuff, but uh, it wasn't Galnet News. It was a proper, it was a proper stream. So yeah, I really enjoyed it. Excellent, excellent. Um, yeah, tweaked. Did you enjoy the uh, the stream? I always enjoy when those guys are on. Yeah, I like the lore. I like the story to it and everything, and I enjoyed that conversation. I I still just don't believe that there's enough uh effect in game to make me like totally invested in it at this point in time but but yeah it was an enjoyable stream and i do agree that i think people need to realize when fdev does a stream not every time is it a super cruise news sometimes they have streams with developers on or streams with content creators on and the whole topic is different and people need to remember that so it's hard though. Well, traditionally, when they've had something to announce, they've done a special stream just on that topic, haven't they? They haven't just sort of slipped in under the carpet on a different yeah. stream. They've had a special dedicated stream for it. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that um, that happened on today's stream with uh, Sally and Off is that. Um, yeah, for those of you, there was a stream today. It was one of these community streams. But Arf did mention it, or I don't know whether or not you let slip on purpose or something like that. But he said that he was actually doing footage using the new SRV uh, tomorrow. So they were recording footage for whatever the, the new SRV is going to be. So um, normally when that happens, it's normally quite a, a positive thing. It's just... it. It's their lead time, I think. Um, well, moving on quickly from there, um, obviously on Thursday, uh, the new CG started about building a bridge to Colonia, uh, where if the CG was complete, which was actually completed over the weekend, um, then a whole string of uh, megaships will be set up between here and Colonia, approximately 400 light years apart, uh, for commanders to dock and refuel and recharge. And uh, obviously with the fleet carrier uh, interiors coming, that's uh, going to give people plenty of opportunity to get um, bits and pieces uh, for their suits, which they might not obviously have um the one downside to this i think um guys do you think it's making the galaxy feel smaller no we've already got that with all the bases between colonia and the bubble anyway so a few fleet carriers there big deal yeah and also there are kind people who for in exchange with some tritium goodies you can sort of jump on their mega mega bus fleet carrier and go from colonia back again just catching a lift with it. So, to be fair, once they started putting engineering jump ranges, the galaxy shrank to tiny size anyway, really, to be fair. I don't think it affects it because, you know, even going across the abyss to Beagle Point is like going on the M6 now. (laughs) Well, even even to Beagle Point, I thought Beagle Point would be something else because you still got the way from Colonia all the way to Be- to Beagle Point. That's, that's yeah, but it takes it takes time. Beagle Six is like the M six M forty two. Yeah, it, I mean it's what used you, you going to Colonia, whatever. Yeah, that's just jump, 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 jump. But then you had to cro- navigate the abyss with a minimum jump range of about thirty two light years. Now you get sixty, seventy light year jumps, and so you can just plot directly to Beagle Point. And the abyss isn't wide enough to require navigation. 
you can just plot there and jump, 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 and away you go. So there's there's none of the skill of navigating the abyss that there was previously, and that's that's when the galaxy shrunk for me. Yeah. Um, right, well, moving on from there, obviously we had the Commander Creations on Friday, uh, and also there was the Tourist Beacons uh, winners that were announced, which is always uh, those lucky people that found Earth Lakes in... Uh, in that time period and managed to get them back in time. I thought, I thought that was a little bit of a small window, but um, congratulations to all the tourist speaking winners. Um, obviously today, Sally and Arf were doing uh, community stuff, which uh, we'll probably be touching on later in the show. Uh, and um, basically it was a nice laid back stream. Of course, there was the usual um uh, requests for content and the stuff that uh, always seems to be happening. And this Thursday, people can carry, catch up with Zach and Bruce uh, for a CQC night, which we assume will be in Horizons, because I think that seems to be the way everybody is in Horizons. Um, yes, Shan? So, in the CQC night, do people queue up with a specific aim of murdering the CNs? Even if they're supposedly on their side, they'll just kill them to bits all the time. Um, actually, no. Uh, if it's a standard, de- if it's a standard death match, then yes. But normally, if you're on the same side as the CMs, um, they're normally okay, unless, of course, Arthur and Bruce are playing, because then all of a sudden, backstabber Bruce seems to kick in, and the evil Garrido just wastes Arthur every single opportunity. I, I, I do wonder. See, see, I'm surprised. I'm surprised the players actually play on the same side as the CMs because if it was me, I'd be killing... Even if it's on the same side, I'd be blowing them up. Somehow, Shan, I got the strangest feeling that even if you were on the same side of basically your best friends, you'd still be blowing them up. Yeah, where's the fun fun in helping them? I see, see. Um, Just... Everybody, you, if you ever see shenanigans in a CQC match, don't make sure you're on the same side because therefore you'll end up being shot at from your back as well as your front. So, Oh, it would be accidental shooting. It wouldn't be deliberate. You'll never sell ice creams going that fast. Anyway, <laughs> uh, we'd just also like to point out that Frontier have put a lot of jobs uh, on their uh, HR page, haven't they, Ben? Yep, um, I don't... Are you wanting me to talk about that or are you wanting me to shoot things, sorry? We want you to go through every job and tell us what you think. No, there does seem to be a lot of animators, programmers, uh, surprisingly enough, a lot of localization stuff as well. I, mean, I did notice not a lot of them said they were for early dangerous. Most of it, a lot of... The things that said positions were... Uh, I think I saw one for... Oh, Warhammer. There's only three specifically for Warhammer. Yeah. So, you know, it, it does seem, but it does seem there's an awful lot of vacancies now available in, in Frontier for for IT people. So I did get worried that one of them was saying it. they're looking for the head of IT or something like that, wasn't it? The head of UI? Oh, no, there was an IT thing as well. And that made me panic for a second that it is, is that Dav? But it's not Dav because he's back end. Yeah. Well, one of the jobs that did jump out at me was the paid search and programmatic manager. So does that imply the not paying anyone else? Oh, that's. Or they've got an intern to do the job now and then they want somebody they can pay. Oh, they, they want Carl and he's going to turn into a paid intern instead. Yeah. So he's paid. I thought that was 
kind of a bit strange wording for that one. Mm. Mm. Well, as I've noticed in design, they're after a senior game designer and an experienced games designer specialising in Warhammer. Uh, oh, I, I think if Alan Stroud sees that, he will <laughs> run. Yeah, I suspect many nerds would be very yes enthusiastic over that kind of thing. Moving on from there, one final thing to note is, um, according to Steam charts, uh, player numbers, although still way, way down from when Odyssey was launched, but this month has been the first month where there's actually been an increase of players instead of a decrease of players. Okay, well, there's that then. I guess that's good. Yeah. Well, I mean, has anything else been released this month that would compete with Elite or...? Well, yeah, there's still the No Man's Sky update still... Uh, hammering away. I mean, that's there are still sort of like double the amount of people playing No Man's Sky. Normally, before a release of from No Man's Sky, the the numbers are about the same, and then when there's a No Man's Sky release, the numbers absolutely rocket, and then come down within a couple of months. So, are, is Steam the only measure we have? Does the Epic launcher? No, that's the only numbers that we have to go on, um, but. I just find it positive that's that maybe with update seven and what's been hap- what they've been saying about up the update eight and what's coming in update nine, people are beginning to come back a little. I think they are. I mean, I I have personally. It's just it's better than what it was when it first came out. It's even playing better. I'm getting mm. decent FPS. I know I've got a good computer right now, so that I'm, not, I'm sure everybody's not getting that. But I find the AI to be smart. I find it engaging. As long as you don't focus only on Odyssey, like if you mm-hmm. play only Odyssey, then I think you're not going to enjoy it very much. But yeah. if you mix it in with all the space stuff that you've been doing prior to, I think it adds a lot of variety that we needed in the game. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree with that because I think where Odyssey works at its best is when it actually mixes up the the cockpit stuff and the on-foot stuff. It, it's, I am still feeling a little bit isolated when you do the on-foot-only missions. So, but, yes, I think, okay, Shan. I was actually, this is a, a positive thing, so you can sit down. Uh, is I was thinking the other. What's the mean? I was I was thinking the other day actually of how actually impressive the transition is from uh, game types, and because when we were talking with about Odyssey before we knew it was Odyssey and stuff, we speculated that there would be almost a different executable or a delay in loading or something like that between on foot and the ship because of the um the the ability to uh, to instance and stuff like that so the transition i know people joke about the armstrong moment and yeah that is a bit naff but just the actual ability to seamlessly go from ship to foot and back to ship again to srv and have everything consistent that's actually quite impressive but uh, I, I will say it's getting there. I, it's not a hundred percent just yet because I've been involved with a couple of group, a couple of people doing these uh, on foot missions. And sometimes when you move from ship or to SRV, it breaks, and that is frustrating. But the, I'll, I will admit that that has happened a lot less since update five. So you see, well, I, I I'm classing it when I'm playing solo. Mm. I, when you, when you've got players, I think that's part of the generic elite 
instancing issues that people have found. So for me, that's still part of the instancing issues that there still are. But if you're in solo, that's it. transition is seamless and it could have been a lot, a lot worse. Right, fair enough. Um, right, well, we'll move on to the in-game events and what has been happening in the galaxy this week. Well, on Thursday, Yuri Grom was um, declared victorious against the Federation. Um, so much so, he's nicked, he's nicked their megaship. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, the Federation, the Federation got an absolute drubbing uh, in, in this... Um, in this CG, um, even though there was quite a lot of people flying for the Federation, um, they were still outnumbered approximately two, two and a half to three, uh, three to one kills. So um, yeah, they they didn't do very well, and we'll have to see what political fallout will happen to Hudson from then on. Um, also on that Thursday, that's when they announced the twin initiatives for the Colonia Bridge project. As I've said before, that has now been completed. Um, yeah, I worked quite a lot over the weekend to try and get my T9 to ship as many computer components as it possibly could. And unfortunately, um, I've still ended up only in the top 100%. So, I mean, I saw people shifting millions. Did anybody else take part in this? I wanted to take part on Sunday, but then got distracted. Uh, and then Monday, I was going to take part, but wind up doing stuff with my brother-in-law. And again, got distracted. And then tonight is obviously this evening. Uh, yeah, um, there's also been a corporate split between uh, Mastopolis Mining and Torval. Obviously, this could turn into some kind of conflict later on. Um it does seem quite interesting that there's people are are mentioning this now, uh, and then finally today on Tuesday, it has been the re the return of an old favourite for two Yay! years. We have wondered what the winking cat was up to. Well, it turns out he hit the Joker's deck by stealing a very important playing card with all the panache and style that that a high class art thief would do. Um, so, Shan, you'd like to talk about... Have you been training this pussy? Let's put it that way. Um, nothing to do with me, honest. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so you can trust me, nothing to do with my cat. And the last any training it was going through this week had nothing to do with this particular incident at all. But you would so, say that, wouldn't you? Yes. As long as uh, we have plenty of fuel. Yes, we have plenty of yeah. fuel. Um, yeah. But what, one thing I will say, just on general comment about this, is I like the idea of, if you like, they've got this theft and all the stuff that's going on with the Joker's deck. I like the idea, but it doesn't feel as though I'm attached to the events or have any influence or say or anything about it, simply because we can't go to the casino. You know, it's kind of completely devoid of any player interaction inside the casino at all. And I just think that's a shame because it would have been wonderful to be able to go into this casino and maybe search for clues and basically have a, uh, have a kind of more interactive thing to try and find the thief and whatever it was that you can have going on there. But we can't because we can't go in there. And I think that's a shame. Um, well, it's funny you should mention that because um, in the <laughs> uh, in, in the stream today, Arf was explaining that um, 
The problem that they've got is that as soon as they start putting gambling into the game, that's it. The age rating goes straight up. Yeah, but you don't need to have gambling. You don't need to take part in the gambling, do you? You can see people playing cards, and I don't know. They might be playing Snap, for all people know. You know, so you can you can still have a casino environment without actually having to gamble. I mean, we've got bars, and they can't buy drinks, so you know. Yeah, I know. Do they overrate the age limit importance on this game? How many oh, kids actually play Elite Dangerous? Oh, the game is, of, <coughs> go on, it's, ben. Got, it's got a rating of seven or something like that. Yes. Uh, but no, Odyssey's got a rating of 16. Yeah, because I guess you get to kill people, people. Because, yeah, of course, 16-year-olds never gamble and drink, oh, underage drink, do they? They never, ever do that. No, I mean, I, I, I don't know whether or not an 18 rating would cause problems for Frontier in this game. Um, I know Honestly, I'm fine. It. If, if I can be a bit cheeky about the age rating, it does give them a reason for not doing various things that we've all wanted. Oh no, we can't have stun mechanics because it will be because the age of rating. Yeah, you know, it's kind of like it's it's a convenient thing to hide behind. Says me, Mister Being Cynical. Right. Well. <laughs> On that note, I think we will have to uh, leave what's been happening this week. Um, just a quiet word to Frontier if you're listening. Please, please let Shan go and spend his money in your, in your casino. He's He just wants to give it away. Just so, you know, just take the money off him. He'll be fine. And I, I, yeah, I promise I will not bring my cat with me. <laughs> Um, right, well, I think it's time to, to mention a store alert. Store alert! In the bi-weekly newsletter, here come paint jobs for your arts. In the bi-weekly newsletter, here come paint jobs for your arts. Welcome back. There's not really much um, to say about the store alert this week because uh, uh, I didn't get a newsletter. I don't know if anybody else got a newsletter. I didn't see anything. No. Um, uh, and uh, magically in our show notes, it looks like Mamba Pharaohs and Apollo paint jobs have appeared. But I don't remember. Where did they come from? I have no idea where they came from. Um, so thanks to the mysterious person who put that in our show notes. Um, <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I'm looking at both of these, and I'll go, no. Yes, no thanks. <laughs> no thanks. I'm sorry. The Mamba is a beautiful ship, and you've just spoilt it. With, with <laughs> yeah, the default paint job is better than those ones. Well, it's the same with the Ferdinand. I haven't found a paint job yeah. which is better than the default one. But I'm sorry, the orange one. The orange one I'm looking at, and I'm thinking, well, as the 70s call, they want the colour scheme back. <laughs> Shan? Yeah, I was thinking just the same. Um, yeah, the orange one looks like a uh, a space equivalent of the Ford Capri or something, doesn't it? It's, it's not officially glamorous. I wonder if it's got little ducks hanging on the wall of the cockpit when you go inside it. Oh, oh, oh dear. Um, uh, tweet, what would be the... When you look at those colour schemes... Um, 
I don't I, I don't know if you've seen them yet. What's what's the American equivalent of that? You named it. The first thing I thought of was when I was a kid, the 1970s. My grandparents always had these these like brown and orange pictures on the wall and couch blankets and all that kind of stuff. And that was the first thing that came to my mind. Yeah, what it reminds me of America is you know, like the 1970s um, cop series, like Kerry Jack and yeah, uh, yeah, they always had like a uh, a Buick or something in. <laughs> in exactly. Brown that used to, when it used to go around corners, you see the hubcap spin off, and then next shot, someone would put them back on again. That sort of thing. Uh, actually, it reminds me of the very original Family Vacation movie. Where, where they're in that horrible, um, horrible estate car going across to to Bucky World, and that I'm swear that's the same colour. Because <laughs> I guess what you could do if you if you could if you could land one on on a low G surface, you could do like the the professionals jump over the bonnet equivalent on the ship, couldn't you? And just boost up and jump over the wing and oh no, no it's just a waste of a ju- a good jump that would be to be honest. Do you think? Do you think that because they seem to be recycling paint job themes, don't they? They do. So, do you think it's about time to have a new series of themes, or do you think they're, they're having to go through each one of the ships? I, I think do? they're going through each one of the ships to bring them all up to the same level. So, if the if the ship that doesn't have a feral style paint job yet, it will have some. And then once they've got them all up to that level, level, then they'll start coming out with new stuff because they'll have to. But uh, yeah, at least we're not we've we've run out of cowboy hatted vac suits for the moment, though. I oh, don't give them ideas. <laughs> what more cowboy cowboy themed vac suits? Why don't we have a purple? We can have a purple cowboy hatted one instead, and then you could go for a vomit green one. Oh, you really are giving them bad ideas right now, aren't you? Yep. See, I'd want a beige. I'd want a beige cowboy hat thing because then I could uh, crouch down on the planet and be camouflaged against <laughs> the background. Hey, the planet—that's not fair for the planets. Oh no, that is that is actually unfair. That is actually unfair to the present level of planets. You're probably right about three years ago before Beyond came out, because every planet was beige there. But it's not been like that. It's not been like that at all. Well, okay, cream then. Cream then, and what I would do is I'd have a little repeating pattern on the suit. Just <laughs> you can always just try and get a flat cowboy hat. Yeah, the Yorkshire version, the flat cowboy flat cap. cap hat. Yes. <laughs> what was what was that tweaking? Oh, I was just saying uh, patterns on suits used to be a very popular thing too. So. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I must admit, I have noticed a couple of the patterns that now that Alex pointed them out to me. But I think since the new R upgrade came in, I think two updates ago and update six, I've seen a lot less of them. I agree. And, and I will for my money. I never was one in Horizons all my 4,000 plus hours to just tune around the planet and look at things. <laughs> yeah. Just because there was never anything to see, but I've caught myself two or three different times since I've been playing Odyssey the last couple weeks doing just that because I'm like, Ooh, what are those mountain ranges over there? That looks like a big Valley down there. And next thing I know I'm flying around half the planet, just looking at things. And it's it just, it strikes me that I never did that in Horizons. So I believe and maybe 
early inception of Odyssey, it wasn't that. But may, I think now they've got it looking pretty good. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, I, 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 this is a controversial thing that, that I, I seem to hack people off with. Um, I mean, I've been doing a lot of um, Horizons missions in my old account, uh, or in my PowerPlay account, just to get it, his rating up. Uh, and the thing is, going down to a lot of the Horizons planets at the moment, I'm actually finding them a lot more boring than the existing planets. However, there are some planets in Horizons which are far more interesting than their equivalent in Odyssey. And I just think it's a little unfair that the vast majority of them seem to be better, but everyone's focusing on the ones that aren't. Is, am I the only one? Okay, Sean, yeah. Um, as I said, I've been going from uh, to Colonia and my other account, and mm. some, of the, some of the planets do look really nice. Um, one, of the, uh, so one of the things I've noticed, though, is you have to be really lucky to get a good atmospheric effect on the planets. If, if I had a comment to make, I would, I would say the atmospheric effects are fairly muted. And I know the parameters for atmospheric landing, you know, exclude that. But I don't know, you, you, you kind of like when you land on a planet, you want to see more sky. You want to see more atmospheric effects. Mm. So I think maybe the fact that's missing um, kind of fools your brain into thinking the planet is more featureless than it actually is. Because when you see the sky, you're expecting to see the clouds and everything else like that because, hey, that's how we see a sky. So I'm yeah. just wondering whether it's diluting down the effects because of the lack of atmosphere. Well, so, yeah, I mean, the, the, these atmospheres are thin. They're scientifically thin, so you will not have the same sky above you as you as you have on this planet. But the, the one thing that I've been finding lately is um, the atmospheres do make a difference to some of the the vistas that I've seen. Um, oh, I can't remember which. I think it was a sulfuric atmosphere I landed on, and yet everything was yellow. Then you fly to a sunset, and then everything was blood red. I thought that was amazing. But to tell you the truth, there are times when you think, oh, that's I've seen that blue before. Yeah, just pick up what Mac was uh, saying in, in chat. Um, so the Max says the only problem I have with it now is the sense of deja vu from the pre-made tiles. Oh, you see, and they, well, this is the problem that I've got. I haven't had that yet. Uh, I haven't found a single bit of terrain repeated. Now, I I know that that's probably because all I'm doing is going down onto the atmospheric planets. I never went down on the Horizons planets much. Anyway, uh, Tweet, you want to know about the deja vu? Yeah, I was just saying, as far as the deja vu goes, I mean, I guess maybe I see a crater and it looks like a different crater I saw on a different planet. But I think I can justify that in my own head because out of billions of planets and billions of star systems, you're going to see similar looking things. It's just law of averages say you're going to see some things on one planet that kind of looks like something you saw on a different planet. So that really doesn't doesn't bother me at this point in time. Mm. 
Well, anyway, um, <laughs> we weren't going to have a planetary tiled uh, discussion on this particular one. Oh, we could tie that in with the bathroom update, couldn't we? <laughs> yeah, all tiling. Oh, please. Which is fixed first, your tiling or planetary tiles? Please, enough of the tiling. No, no. Right, moving on. <laughs> we're going to take a uh, short art break and then we're going to come back with our main discussion for this evening. Is your life like this? It could be like this. excitement back in your life. Book an adventure in the Lave Business Department. Now. Hey, buddy. Why the long face? Exploring is boring. What? What makes you say so? Because I have to scoop for fuel at every single store. And then the voices I hear in the store tell me to... Whoa, sounds like you've got a case of space madness. What you really need is really big gas tank. What? With really big gas tank, you'll be sailing the Milky Way in style and comfort. No more hanging out at every stupid store just to refuel. It's as easy as honk and go. Gotta get to Beagle Point for a romantic interlude? Just honk and go. Want to be the buckiest ball in the galaxy? Just honk and go. And if you fill your really big gas tank with patented Jumbonium 5000, you can honk and go, go, go. Gee, thanks, mister. No, thank you. Really big gas tank. Because why wait when you can honk and go? Jumbonium 5000 has been known to cause extra arm growth, outdoor mayonnaise, tripism, and spontaneous stargold face. He's only as direct. The Federal Navy. We want you for Adventures Unlimited. Just last week I was mixing Sidewinder Slammers at a seedy space bar. I wasn't even pilot registered. And now I have a ship and a basic starting mission for the Federal Navy. Owing to recent actions in the Lave region, the Federal Navy now seeks to recruit another 1,000 entry-level pilots. We need you to add your strength to our military machine. I'm going to see the galaxy. We have missions for all pilots, regardless of combat experience or flight hours. Come and talk to us and we'll get you on the military ladder. Join the Federal Navy. Make a real pilot of yourself. Or die trying. Wait, what's that? Is that, is that a ship coming? Are they looking for me? What do they...
Welcome, welcome back, everybody. Um, right to, tonight, what we're going to do is as well as part of update eight. Uh, we're getting an extra seat in multi crew, so we're going to do a little bit of speculation that hopefully it's just going to be something more than just an extra seat. Um, now, just to get the ball rolling, I'll just point out that I've always had a couple of issues with, well, one major issue with multi-crew, uh, and that's the fact it's the gunner roll that I've had a trouble with. Um, now, <laughs> Shan, do you want to just jump in or there then? Well, you, you describe what your point was for the point A in the show notes, and then I can respond to it. Right. Well, a lot of people wanted the Millennium Falcon type experience where, you know, Han and Luke jump into the gun turrets and they, they defend the Millennium Falcon. Um, but having played that in X-Wing Alliance, I hated it. I much prefer this version. Go, Shan. Oh. <laughs> well, for me, what I want from a a turret experience is I always like the idea and you see it in the war films of the, uh, of the gunner on board the, the ship and his pom pom basically trying to shoot down the kamikaze zeros or whatever it is that's going to uh, bomb the ship and have that kind of feeling of you have to take this enemy down. Otherwise you're dead. That kind of urgency um, in, in your turret combat for me the elite dangerous one doesn't give me that kind of, if I don't shoot this scene, I'm dead because I, the ship is probably too maneuverable to, uh, and the NPCs are too stupid to allow that kind of feeling of jeopardy. But that's what I wanted. I wanted the feeling of sitting on a battleship with a pom-pom or AA gun shooting down stuff that could sink me. Fair enough. Um, tweet. Yeah, um, I'm going to have to argue all day long against that one. I love Elite Dangerous. Turret play, gun play in Elite Dangerous is a joke compared to what you explained is a, my dream perfectly. The Han Solo, Luke Skywalker experience where, oh shoot, we're being attacked. Quick, jo go jump in the turrets and help get these guys off our butt. And you don't get that in Elite Dangerous at all. First of all, the turrets themselves are so underpowered that it's a waste of a hard point to use them, even with a multiplayer in there, in my opinion. And in the other game, we'll say, the turret play is very, very Star Wars. I mean, you, you literally stand up off a seat, go run to the turret chair, have your turret raise up or down to the whichever part of the ship it's on, and you're on solo shooting the ships out with your displays and everything in front of you and it is mind-blowing it is every bit the experience that i want in this kind of a game and elite just pales in comparison something awful in my opinion fair enough um right ben yeah so i'm sorry colin but i'm gonna have to gang up against you here i've just spent the past hour in the unfortunate position of trying to be tweaked torrent's gonna the controls are janky. The aiming is shocking. There is no map to show me where... Th there's no radar to show me where things are. I'm hovering over a target, and if I can stay over it long enough, it might tell me it's wanted, and it might let me shoot at it. It is... 
Yeah, I, I actually entered into this thinking, you know what? Whilst I agree that I want the hand solo experience, maybe Elite Dangerous actually gives me the better experience because, you know, I'm floating out in space and I can see all around me and I can... I'm, I have better range of where my turrets are going and things like that. But you're on top of the ship. You're upside down on the ship. You're... The camera is just janky as all jankiness. It's, I can't believe, It's just weird. I mean, if anybody's been watching, they'll see... You know, you're all over the place as you move around. And then trying to stay on target and follow a target or let alone lead a target it's just so it's incredibly hard to do which takes away from the second point that i was hoping that i might actually get more time on target with the turret and i just don't um and on well, top of that we don't have that hand solo experience which is what we want right okay well we'll, we'll go back to shan uh, and then i'll have a say I think part of the issue is that the ships in which would most suit the turret are too maneuverable, making turrets kind of irrelevant. And I'm thinking about the Cutter, the Anaconda, perhaps even the Corvette. If you're talking about a large, big ship that's almost the size of a modern aircraft carrier, they almost handle like a fighter. So there's no point in having a turret on Anaconda or a Corvette because the thing is just maneuverable enough not to need them. So if you tone down the maneuverability or even introduce a ship that suited turret combat, I think you would get a better experience because you wouldn't get the pilot trying to dogfight while you're trying to use the turret, if you see what I mean. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I take, I take your point. I mean, obviously, is I'm more familiar with how this system works, Ben, so uh, um, I don't have the same issue with, with you with the, with the camera. However, I will say by taking the, my equivalent experience to this is back in X-Wing Alliance. I haven't tried, shall we say, the other game, <laughs> in quotes, um, but the X-Wing Alliance experience where, you know, it, it was supposed to be the Millennium Falcon, it was awful. It really was. And, oh, I don't want that. Anyway. How long okay, ago was Jack. X-Wing Alliance, though? Exactly. It was just that, old, right? Good God, that's 15 years old. Now. Right, and the technology that we have now in that other game, of which I think Ben and I <laughs> are going to show here in a minute, that is just far and away. It is the Han Solo experience, period. So we know it can be done. We know it exists. I think um, we may touch on this later, but uh, I'll bring it up now to expand on it, perhaps, is... I think the issue is, with multi-crew in general, and including the turret side in this, is Elite is primarily designed to be a ship where with a single pilot and a single player flying it. So when you introduce a, a crew, a multi-crew, they're kind of doing a job that doesn't really need to be done. 
Um, which is why I touched on the maneuverability aspect, is because if you think of really good multitude games like Star Trek Bridge Crew, for example, you can kind of get by with NPCs, but you're a lot more effective if you have real players. And that is designed to be a crew. You don't you can't fly the ship by yourself in bridge crew without a crew, obviously. So the crew the multi-crew in Elite is purely optional and purely disposable, as I know, simply because the game is designed to be piloted or single pilotable ships. So I don't think you'll ever get a multi-crew experience so long as that premise holds true. Uh, sorry, Tweet, you wanted to say something. No, I was just going to say that, to your point, Sham, I, I kind of have come to the point, and part of my issue with Odyssey to start with is I wanted, it wasn't what I wanted it to be. And what I've learned since is what I wanted it to be is what Star Citizen already is, as bad as that sounds. So since then, I look at Elite Dangerous a little differently as to where it can't outdo stars. It can't out Star Citizen, Star Citizen. So it has to has to play to its strengths at this point in time. And I think that's kind of where they might be trying to go. But who knows at this point? Which... I mean, I haven't played an awful lot of Star Citizen, so I can't comment on Star Citizen, but it does appear from, a, from an outsider looking in, is if you like, um, a year ago, say, Elite had the edge. It, it, it was no way looking at the development of Elite a couple of years ago, would you think Star Citizen would ever catch up and right. exceed it in, in all the areas that you're talking about Star Citizen? Now, I'm not so sure. I think I think somehow they've snatched defeat from the jaws of victory. This is elite, but you know we'll see. Yeah, my opinion is Star Citizen is that far ahead of elite, and that's because they were so far behind in the past because they they built their technology, whereas FDev had the Cobra engine. They kind of built that, I guess. But 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 CIG built their technology and was really slow in getting the content in and now they're at a point where they're getting the content in which is why we see in the last year it's kind of jumped leaps and bounds to where it's passingly dangerous and for that matter i would say no man's sky is borderline doing that as well i think maybe and we're, we're digressing we'll go on to the the multi bit but we'll keep down the particular train of thought is maybe what happened to odyssey is they reached the limitations of the Cobra engine. Because you know back in with CIG, they used the supposedly the Crisis engine, and then they swapped. I know there's a result of a lawsuit. Oh, you say uh, they swapped, but they swapped from the Crisis engine to Lumberyard, which is the Crisis engine. Well, anyway, they changed the engine because the engine they were using wasn't up to what they wanted to do with it. Is that a true thing to say? They've been using, haven't they been using Crisis pretty much since the beginning? But it's, it has I to think they did a major overhaul, overhaul yeah. of it, but I don't think they've actually like switched engines. Per right. Se. But there was a point where they said the technology we have and thought works now doesn't. Now we have to do a lot of work to make it work. And I think the point I'm, I'm thinking of is what Frontier appear to have done is they didn't do the we need a complete overhaul of everything to get to do what we want to do we'll just limit it to what we know it can do and hope people are happy with it i think one thing that elite dangerous seriously has the edge in is 
as much as we might want to moan about the AI in the ground, my god, the AI and the NPCs are so much better in Elite Dangerous. I would agree with that. I would agree with that. If you're on a fresh server in Star Citizen, they're pretty good. But now that I've been digging into Odyssey a little bit and a couple of the updates that have gone by, the AI here are... Yeah. I just did a ground CZ a little bit ago by myself. And it's, a lot, it's so much fun, aren't they, the ground CZs? They are fun. They are a lot of fun. And yeah. I'm telling you, I went into the little area where you capture one of the checkpoints or whatever, and another AI came into the area with me and turned his back to me. So he was covering one end of it. I was covering the other end of it. And we were working together like a team. And that that's next level AI stuff. I think it's underrated at this point in time. I yeah. don't know that the AI was that good a few patches ago, but right now it's pretty smart. I mean, I, I, it's challenging. It's fun. They're just a good time. Well, I'm, I'm, oh, I'm glad to back. Yes. Sorry about that. Um, right. So have you guys uh, uh, talking have, about have, the AI, I mean, using the crewman as as your pilot for this? Well, one? We're just talking That's generally right. about AI. Um, just right. Yeah, generally about AI, because um, Sarsicism's AI is absolutely shit. Well, so, I mean, the, the one... Mildly. Right, remember, these are the, the issues that I've kind of had with, with yeah, multi-crew. Now, one of the things that a lot of people says, and I can understand where they're coming from from this, is if we can have a, our crewman fly our ship while we're in a fighter, why can't we have our crewman fly our ship when oh, we want to become a gunner? That would make a lot of sense. Yeah. It's more common sense. However, um, this risks turning the game into freelancer. And I don't want that. <laughs> yeah, um, but then, well, you don't it, want to do it. It's a difficult do one, it. is it? Yeah, I'd say if you don't want it, don't do it. But the point is that I think I suppose it could come down to balancing, because the the fact that you've got such, uh, I think, an advantage with with gunning. Uh, I think you've got a, a distinct advantage if you're gunning than you would have piloting. I think anyone who uses their NPC crew member to fly their ship for them deserves everything they're going to get. They are completely hopeless at being the pilot of the main ship. I mean, yes, not, again, not once you get them up to elite, they're not bad. I've, I've got, I've got three elite pilots and they are completely hopeless. They don't do power management. They don't, they don't do what I would call proper advanced piloting. For example, Agreed. they don't do Agreed. power they're management. They don't, management. you know, it's so the whole, if you, it's not very efficient and I sack them or get them blown up as much as I can. They get two chances to fail me. And then that's it. They're gone. Um, yes, I do. But take the Darth Vader way of people management. But no, they're just not good. They're just not good. Um, I would much rather use them as a like a tank role or distractor. So I, I typically in a in the in the fight, I'll send the crew member off in their fighter to distract one of the enemies while I focus on the other other three or something like that. So they are purely there as a sponge soak up the gunfire while i deal with the rest of them i wouldn't trust them to fly my ship ever on a day even if you even if you were in the gunning 
uh, yeah, Ontario. No, no, they don't because they, I can't trust them to do the pit management. They don't do flight assist off. They don't do they don't use chat properly. They shield so when they don't need to. It, yeah, they're just hopeless. You might as well stick an L plate on the ship. On the other hand, Shan, as has been proven multiple times, with a decent enough ship, you can basically park it there and you know the automated turrets will cope with that for you. So you can just park your ship and let automated turrets deal with anything that comes your way and you go out and have fun in an, in an SLF. Yeah, but I don't want it to be press space to win bar on it. I want I want to push my I want to push my little skill. I want yeah, I don't why you know, why should I sit in the in a um in a house threads with an invincible ship, you know, the type the type nine AFK murder build. Where is the fun? Where is the skill? Where is the anything in that? It's just boring. And that's just yeah, so not for me personally. I'm sure other people yeah. like it, I'm sure. But I I like Elite. I want to play Elite because I want to fly a spaceship. Not yeah sit and watch an AI attempt to do it. Well, that, that's fair enough. Um, now, this was actually quite a, an interesting one uh, when Multicrew came out. A lot of people complained that they didn't get the same rewards and rank progression as they did in Wings. Now, if you're a crew member, unlike Wings, there wasn't any risk of you losing any money or rank if the ship was lost. So it felt a little like it was basically free money if they did that. Um, I mean, these days it just seems like money grows on trees anyway, but do you think it would still be appropriate for the rank? It's difficult because if you've got the... As I say, the NPCs don't deserve their combat rank at all. They could, so... I've got no sympathy for people say I want to rank my NPC crew member up. No, no, it's not. It's not the NPC crew, uh, crew I'm on about. It's, this is when you actually crew up with another person. Oh, I mean the rank, the the the, the, um, the points you get per kill decreases if you're well mm. through. Yeah, I I kind of see that from both points of view because if you were in an, if you're in an, in an environment and you party up. In a lot of MMOs, you don't get the full XP and the full rewards if you if you have a, someone in your party helping you. They're mm. split between the two. So I completely get that and I understand that because if you're in a party with two people, then in theory, doing the quest or whatever you're doing is twice as easy as it is doing it by yourself. Yeah. So why yeah. should you why should you get more the, the same rewards if you've got someone else for helping you? Um, but on the other hand, it does discourage teaming up in the first place because if you can manage on your own, why would you lessen your own efficiency? I mean, yeah, that, that's completely... Uh, I mean, I get that, but I just... I do wonder whether or not the money should be the same, but the rank should... No, the money should be the same as Wings, but the rank should be still curtailed. But but, people made billions out of multi-crew trading and trading rewards and stuff like that. So if you made the money the same, it would be more profitable. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people seem to be agreeing with you um, on the chat room, Shan. There's sort of... Um, Van Otter and uh, Meagles are both saying they've got really good NPC crews and they're both really as good as just mobile chaff. So, 
They are, they're disposable. If only it got blown up when the ship blown up, when their yeah. flight got blew up. Um, ben? Oh, I mean, about the money, I've always, whilst I've always appreciated and taken advantage of the free money that we can get with multi-crew and Elite Dangerous, mm-hmm. it always struck me as weird and very contrived. Um... You know, I, and the way that, the way that sort of, I don't, un, in, in the real world, God help us, mm-hmm. you know, you'd be, right, Ben, I want you to go and deliver these packages from here to there. And if you want to take a buddy with you, then you're paying your buddy out of your wages. Right. Um... And, you know, I can't see, you know, I can't see Just Eat, for example, saying, yeah, okay, Colin, I'll go off and, you know, I was going to give you, you know, four pounds to deliver that curry over to Ben's. But seeing as your son's coming along for the ride, I'll give you four pounds and he gets four pounds. You know, I can't see anyone doing that. And that's what I mean. It's, It's all a bit weird. Yeah, it, it, maybe um, you, could, you could extend that to, to the wing system as well. How come yeah, everybody in that, in, instead of it all being divided by four, everybody still gets the same amount of money? Yeah, it's it's very, very weird. Um, now, I took advantage of it, and I, yeah, I'll not deny any of that. I just always find it a bit weird, but it's definitely an incentive for winging up with people. But it, it struck me as a very desperate attempt at please wing up with people yeah. yes, rather than not... wing up with people because you actually need the help. Yeah. Um, Shan? Yeah, I was just going to say I agree with what Ben says. It's purely there as an incentive to be friends with someone and, and crew up. I mean, for me personally, it's never been about the rewards I get from teaming up. It's always been about hey, I've helped you out, or someone's helped me out, or it's more about the social aspect than it is about the reward aspect. And in itself, you should be wanting to play with your friends because, hey, they're your friends and you want to spend time with them, not because you get any explicit reward for it. Yeah. Um, Tweaked. I agree with that, but I would not be opposed if you were able to get the full combat rank Mm-hmm. when you're multi-crewing with somebody that that wouldn't be a bad thing because let's be fair i mean the combat gr- rank grind is pretty atrocious really when you get down to it, it takes a long time to get to elite and now you got elite one elite two elite three oh, so. don't go there don't go there <laughs> <laughs> oh please don't that's one of his triggers and and we'll have to we'll have to put him into the little the little room just so that he can relax. In fact, we'll actually have to send his pussy in there just to relax him. If you see what I mean. You make me sound like Dr. Evil or Blofeld or something now. Really? I wonder is it, why. Is it your emotional support pussy? <laughs> we have, don't have sidekicks who are smut corner, Ben. Oh, you have no idea. I've been looking up Mrs. Slocum jokes all week. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We're just waiting for the right opportunity. Anyway. 
Um, well, moving on from there. Now, this is actually quite a big one. And I, I really would like um, Chan's opinion on this one because, uh, as you'll probably see for obvious reasons, now, there's very little that can be done if, if a player decides to troll their hosting ship. You know, opening fire on purpose on a station and then they jump the session and leave the poor commander to foot the bill and the bounty. Um, uh, Shan, what's... Oh, this this is such a difficult one, isn't it? Well, well, which side do you want me to take? Do you want me to decide as the person hit the troll or the trolley? Um, well, on on, on reflection, you think that's a that is definitely a troll move, though. Well, it is, but Frontier have done a reasonable amount to try and mitigate that because no longer can you launch your fighter in the. Um, confines of the uh, the station fire zones. You can't launch a fighter yourself. They've allowed, they'll lock down things like chaff and weapons and stuff like that until you get permission. So they've done a bit to get out of it. But also, there's now a setting in the ship that you can say, if I get a bounty, kick the, kick the person who got me. So uh, it is possible and still doable, but it's not, not as much fun as it used to be. <laughs> no, not the word, use of the phrase, not as much fun as it used to be, folks. <laughs> well, it was, it was, because you could just open fire on a station and then tackle as your person who is foolish enough to take you on board um, at a 30 million rebuy with, with their ship. So they're, they're kind of getting there, but it's still exploitable. But it, it's the same way in, in, in a lot of other MMOs and games is you don't team up with people you don't trust. Mm. Or, or with randoms, and that's that's always been the same. I mean, as an example, I I know he's he's gone now, thank goodness. But would you team up with Harry Potter? Um, and if he then turned around and then blew you up or got you a bounty or whatever, whose fault would that be? Would that be his fault for being a prat, or would you just be the equal prat for taking him into your team? Oh, which which is <laughs> who's the most foolish, the fool or the fool who follows him? Yes, good good Obi Wanism there. Um, <laughs> well, put it this way: in answer to your question, no, I would not let um, that certain Mister Potter join my ship, but I would join his. But you know, that's <laughs> I think everybody in the <laughs> in everybody in the chat room is saying important no important lesson to learn. Do not team up with Shan. <laughs> I I'll have you know, dear listeners, that I am the most trustworthy, nicest person to team up with you could ever play with. Except when he decides to jump a system oh, for a laugh. Oh. Yeah, but I didn't jump 500 light years away and leave you stranded. I jumped 2.3 light years away. So you and told you where the carrier was. I needn't have done that. If I'd have been a troll, no, I you, did, you did not. You did not tell us where the carrier was. You just want us I, to go. Oh, Shan. I did. I told. I told you two or three hours later where the carrier was. <laughs> mm. <laughs> For for two or three hours, your name was just as bad as it should have been. So, um, moving on to the final part. Now, this is the my final bugbear with this. Now, the one thing that you can't do with as a gunner is sub-target on a ship. 
Now, I'm normally fine with that because of it's a massive advantage against human ships, um, player run or NPC otherwise. But it has made multi-crew completely useless against Thargoids because you can't sub-target their heart. Yet, half of the, the weapons that they've given us are turreted weapons that you can use against Thargoids. And it it just beggars belief. John, back to you. On the Thargoid aspect, you don't need to directly target the heart because you can see the damaged part. And if you then shoot that, it then damages the heart by default. But the, um, the sub-targeting thing normally, yeah, I don't understand why that's a thing. Because I guess maybe the thought is because you get an extra pip, you mm-hmm. tilt the balance anyway. So targeting a subsystem pushes the balance over, maybe. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, I can, I can understand where maybe they're coming from. But the one thing that I've had a trouble with is actually if you target the, the enemy ship, uh, when you fire on the ship and it's within the reticle, it will head straight for the centre of the ship. So if you're tracking a um, a Thargoid, then it will head straight for the, the eye in the centre. Your, your shots will. However, if you untarget the thing, then you've got free reign to try and hit the heart as it goes past. But I just think that's horrible. But that's the same as um, trying to use fixed weapons, isn't it? Because um, you have, yeah, to, get the, you have to get the reticle on target to hit the relevant spot with fixed weapons. So yeah, but um, if you've, <laughs> it means that you just cannot target the vest, the the thargoid, and you don't know what its state is, even though you know you've got a. Uh, what well, you do? You see, the petal is burning. That's how you know the heart is exhausted. <laughs> Yeah, but you, you sometimes want to know what the state of that heart is. You just can't. You just well, you, that's where coordination comes in because you because you keep firing it until it either blows up or stops going, stops burning. Yeah, well, I suppose yeah, there is the point of communicating within your crew, and I must admit that's one thing that I find a bit lacking is that so if you do jump into say someone's ship, you're not talking. I agree with that. There's truly no need for that coordination between team members in this game. Even 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 the Odyssey staff and anyone who's done any raiding or things like that, they'll know part of the fun of teaming up or being part of a group or a, a crew or whatever is the communication between the players. Yes. Um, and because people haven't drunk enough this week, in um, <laughs> you know where I'm going. But there was there, there was a there's a certain bill in the original Guild Wars that was called Ranger Spike. Yeah. And what would happen? You'd have six rangers and, and a healer, and the spot the rangers would time their shots precisely to just hit a player with six arrows, and bam, they'd be dead. But you had to do it within half a second. So you had that three, two, one spike kill, three, two, one spike. And there was that degree of coordination you needed to be able to make that build work effectively. And the, but it's not that impetus to communicate and coordinate in multi-criminality. I think that's a shame. Yeah, I mean, that's, that, that is the issue that I have. Maybe some more, um, more ways to... 
you know, in X-wing squadrons, there's no ways to, you know, uh, coordinate with people even without speaking. So you know, you can sub-target that, send that out to your squadron, and they acknowledge it with a ping. Can't you? Yeah, and you know, I think. But then again, <laughs> it, that that would add a level of complexity, which I don't know whether or not they're prepared to put in. I don't um, think so, because it would completely change combat balance. And as I said before, the elite is designed to be a a single person flying their ship. If you put in group mechanics like that, it radically changes the balance of the game. And I'm not sure they're up to doing that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... Well, let, let's let's go back through these points and see what you, we could do to uh, to change this. I mean, obviously, with the uh, the Thargoid stuff, I mean, I would still love it if we could sub-target the hearts. I mean, do you think that would unbalance the game too much? No. No, no I think it's fine as it is. I think, <laughs> yeah, I, think, I think you should just learn to play, Colin. No, I think especially I cannot for... believe that you're telling me to get good. I yeah. just cannot believe that. Yeah, especially given how flaky targeting is when you're in in sort of floaty cam gunner mode, having something go off and say this is where the frame shift drive is, it's not going to give you. It's a nice idea. It might help. It's not going to give you a massive benefit, and it would be very good against the capital ships, for example, to use your turrets manually against um, like against the heat vents and things like that. Oh, there's a point. Has anybody actually done that? Done what? Um, basically gone on, gone and taken on a human capital ship using your turreted multi-crew. I think I did it when this first came out. Um, just just for the lols. One thing I will say though is you don't actually need to be able to target a subsystem to hit the subsystem. No, if but you, you still need to know where it is. If you if you know the layout and where the modules are in the ship, you can target that area of the ship and still hit the uh, the module. That's like saying if you know to shoot somebody in the face, you'll shoot them in the face. But if you don't know whereabouts in somebody's well, body or heart is, well learn. <laughs> yeah, piss off. No. <laughs> you just want easy mode. No, I'm being serious. I'm being yeah, serious. I, I, I know you are, but given the amount of ships in game and the fact it is a game, having something say, well, the engines are at the back might be a good idea. Isn't it useful? We've got players who've actually done blueprints of the ships that tell you where all the stuff is. Yeah, and I, I just think that expecting people to do that is overkill. Yeah. I mean, Phoenix Blues made an interesting point. What's wrong with wanting the game to be that little bit more accessible? Not a huge amount, a little bit more. I think what we're talking about is percentages of, of, of efficiency and effectiveness. So we're not talking about you'll never kill a ship if you don't, if you can't know the, the oh, design of every single ship. You know, when that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying if you want to push push it to the ultimate efficiency and the, and the maximum, or even, say, for example, use fixed rails, you need to know where to hit the maximum damage 
and that and that again that's percentage points of knowledge and experience and thing that some people are quite happy we got knowing okay um well here's an interesting thought i mean would people be happy with more than one gunner i think the way that elite dangerous presents it that would be very very confusing if we had what i would prefer and you had you know i had control over a gun and then maybe i could change between the guns then yes being able to have more than one gun would be fine yeah, I mean, what I was thinking was sort of, say you've got two guns on top, one on the bottom. You're saying two guns to one player, one gun to the bottom, uh, to the other. Yeah, I just and think that would make life harder. Yeah, I just think that would make life harder for everybody concerned because you're swinging around, going daka daka daka, and then as soon as you get into the lower gun's field of fire, that gun's going daka daka daka, and it kind of makes yeah. the second position. It makes one of the positions irrelevant, basically. Yeah, but then it comes to back down to the communication point that we were having with Shan. I mean, when you go back to the Star Wars thing, um, Han and Luke were shouting at each other all the time yeah. about whether who's above and who's below. That could yeah. replicate that that feeling. It reminds me of the um, the Star Trek episode, and I forget the one, but there was one where they there was a, there was a love interest on the bridge, and the bridge officer's fiance was a gunner. Of the faces, do you remember that? Oh, oh yes, I think so. Yeah, they get in a battle, and there's a sad scene where the gunner gets killed and stuff like that. If is this TOS or which which episode? The, which? the original series. I can't okay, remember right. the episode. Balance name. of Balance of, of Terror, Terror. is the one, the one where they're up against the Romulans. Because I remember that is one of my favourite Star Trek episodes, and I think I've got it memorised, which is incredibly sad. I do apologise. <laughs> Um, so yeah, Phoenix, it, Phoenix Blue knows uh, Blue Phoenix or uh, Phoenix Blue knows that one. So there we go. Any, any relation? No. Oh, he's uh, a Blue Phoenix or a Fiery Phoenix. Yeah, exactly. Um, so so yeah, so I I think that's fair enough, really. Um, you, you, but I think you do need almost like when we talk about targeting subsystems. I would love to be able to target a turret on a ship with a human gunner in it and take it out. Mm-hmm. And then let them be the ensign, whatever the name is. Yeah, but I mean, it's still you're still a, a floaty camera. So you're, no, what I mean you is, are actually... I'm attacking ships. I'm, I'm attacking your your ship, then. And yeah. you and Colin on the turrets. I would love to be able to, to target. Yeah, but we're not actually Colin. in the turrets, are we? We're yeah, sitting in what, the bridge of the ship. Can I can I just ask something? Could you sub target the canopy? Yes, I would like that. Yeah, well, there, there you go you then. Because you, yeah. if you sub-target the canopy, Shan, you have the ability to to, to knock thoughts. out the crew in one go. Yeah, because as you know, the weakest part in any ship is actually the pilot. Yeah, but I don't want to. I, I don't want to get you, Colin. I want to kill Ben in his turret. Yeah, but I'm not in the turret, am I? Remember, we're sitting on the in the bridge, in the seats behind the pilots. Well, that's where you thought the phaser operators were, but they weren't in Star Trek. Anyway, okay, I'm going to ask each of you uh, what do you think could be done to improve uh, multi-crew for hopefully when this thing comes out. Uh, We'll start with, um, as as we haven't heard from him much on this one, Tweaked? Uh, That's a loaded question, to improve multi-crew. 
Yeah. Well, what would you, if you had an infinite budget, what would you want in your multi-crew? I would improve instancing so that that's no longer a hassle. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that goes without saying. And honestly, the multiplayer is just, especially if you're talking in-ship multiplayer, it's, it's, to me, it's not even an option the way it is. One pip is not enough incentive to make me want to have somebody in a turret on my ship. Even on a Crate Mark II, I'll take a size 2 hardpoint, fixed hardpoint over a size 2 turreted because of the DPS difference. I mean, would you go for it if... Um... If, you know, using game magic, uh, that if your turret was populated by a human player, it suddenly got a lot more powerful. Maybe, maybe. But again, like Ben was saying, you're not really in a turret. You're like a floating camera in space. And it just, I don't know, it just doesn't play as well to me. I mean, in Star Citizen, it's very simple. You have two turrets, you get two guys to run it, and you're way better off than if you don't have them. Fair it's enough. A, it's very simple. <laughs> um, okay, I suspect Ben's going to be answering similar, but off you go, Ben. Nope. <laughs> Sorry, Tweaks literally just pushed me down a ladder there. Hold <laughs> well on, Tweak. Oh, oh. Shadow too proud. Oh, Tweak, <laughs> I, I'm disappointed. You know you're supposed to kick him down. <laughs> Um, and people think I'm bad. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, as we alluded to earlier, make make multi crew meaningful. And whilst it is a pain in the arse in some of the ships being, you know, maybe you know defenseless in Star Citizen, unless you go and get somebody in there. It's a reason to play with somebody rather than, well, we all get free money. That's very true. Um, and, you know, I, I'm, oh, yeah, that's another nice thing. We can share any mission. I forgot about that. Yeah, uh, isn't that nice? Yeah, if only we could do that in New World. Anyway, that's another story. Um, <laughs> you know, the... Anyone watching the stream will have just seen me run up to the seat, jump into the seat, and then zoom up into the turret. So, you know, in this, Shan could target me in the top turret of Shan of Tweet's ship and then blast me off into space and I'd be dead. Um, or, or you blast you off into space and somebody comes and picks you up. Or blast me off into somebody, yeah, and someone picks me up. That would be nice. I'd rescue um, you, Ben. I actually think you would. I, I genuinely think you would, Shan. You know, you would deliberately shoot me off into space, leave me there till my oxygen was nearly empty, and then come out, come and pick me up. And then you'd be forever in my debt. So, you know, win-win, isn't it? Yeah, I'm not so Wookiee with a life debt. Uh, right, okay. Well, we're going to move on to Shan here. So you've got uh, some improvements then. Yeah, well, one of the things we haven't touched on for multi-crew is the non-combat roles for multi-crew. Yeah. Very good point. I do apologize. Um, I completely missed that one. So what, what I'm, I'm going to talk about the combat bit first, and then we'll go on maybe to talk about the non-combat stuff. For combat, I think I would want ships that needed to have a crew to fly 
properly. And I'm not necessarily talking about player crew, or obviously they'd be better than NPC crews, but we can have three crew members, NPC yeah. crew members on our roster. Give us a shit, call it a Panther Clipper, call it whatever you like, that needs those three crew members to do. Oh, call it a Cobra Shank. Or, or whatever. So basically, I would want a more of a battleship than a motor torpedo boat in the way it flew. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the sort of thing I think would make combat more engaging is actually having a less maneuverable ship so you actually need to coordinate to to what was going on. And as to the DPS difference for turrets, the reason why the DPS is different for turrets is a turret has potentially a greater time on target than a gimbaled or fixed weapon. So therefore, you need because you have more time on target, in theory, the amount of damage you can do is the same because of it. Mm-hmm. Now, in, in terms of non-combat roles, I'm struggling to think of, other than an armored troop carrier, what the multi-crew SRV would do. So I would want to be able to split up a team. One of you go looking for bacteria in one area, one of you go looking for bacteria in the other. And so basically you coordinate effort on surveying and yeah. then you can split the rewards. So a bit like exploration works now, you know, where if you, you're with a wing, both of you get credit for the, um, the exploration, both of you get reward, but you halve the amount of work you need to do it. So I yeah. think having a scouting ability for, for multi-crew, for things like um, genomic scanning, I think would potentially be quite good. Not sure whether we'll get it, but I hope we do. Yeah. I mean, I completely agree with you about the uh, the scanning. That makes an absolute fantastic idea. Um, uh, well, we're going we're going to tie this up at the moment. I mean, uh, obviously, we've <laughs> we've we've discussed this one quite a lot. Um, the one thing that I would say is, please, would someone add a looking for wing function in the game? <laughs> it's you've got a looking for crew, but um, hmm. no. You did not. Anyway, um, we're going to go and move on to the community corner now. Um, we'll start off with the good old uh, Obsidian Ant. I mean, he's gone and done a, a, his latest video, which um, he's uh, he's discussing how, what kind of new missions could be possible in Elite Dangerous. Um, did anybody else see this one? I did, yes. I thought they were excellent suggestions, by the way. Did you think that they'd already been kind of covered in Update 8 and 9? Is this the kind of thing that you want to see in Update 8 and 9? Mission-wise, they could be covered, but again, and you'll, and you'll slap me down for this, tonight, but my main issue with Odyssey is the combat mechanics. They're just too simplistic. And I think... What I would suggest to, if on the back of what Ant was saying is, I, the mission ideas are great, but as long as you have a bullet sponge DPS race combat mechanic, they won't ever hit the heights that they could do. Right. Well, moving on from that, because we're not opening that <laughs> that rabbit hole again. Um, did anyone else see it, or is it just Shan? Oh no, I watched it too. I watch all uh, of that kind of stuff. Okay, tweaked. What do you think? I thought he had some good points personally. It's just, to me, it was just another 
person that loves elite that plays the game that has some ideas and it's like hey give us some more stuff and that's that's all it was really the missions yeah i mean i don't know that what he was asking for we're going to get an eight and nine but definitely it sounds like we're going to get missions that connect space stuff with on foot stuff which would be great for odyssey i think it's just i I think odyssey is that it's at a pretty good place right now where had that released where it is now it would have done much better and we're they're at a point right now where they can use it as a foundation to build upon so i think i think the future is bright for what odyssey can be and i'm i'm glad somebody like obsidian ant is willing to put some ideas out there and hopes that fdev will listen Excellent. I take it, uh, Ben, I take it, did you miss it? Yeah, no, I saw it and I agree with what these guys have said. It's just, you know, please, sir, can we have some more? Yeah. Um, we were hoping to have Alec Turner on this week to talk about his SRV orienteering race, which was this new uh, way he was going to do buckyballing. Um Or, you know, or SRV racing over a planet. Um, I take it <laughs> I take it Alec is the only one who who knew about that because I didn't know he was doing that. I think that's an Alec thing that he was going to tell us about. So I guess hopefully he'll make well. He'll hopefully hopefully he'll be able to talk next week. Hopefully so. Then. Get well soon, Alec. Um, no, has uh, anybody else? Quite a lot of people. There's quite a few people. Uh, crashes poorly too. Is he? Oh, yeah. shame. Um. Well. Has anybody else seen what's coming soon from the voice packs, from the HCS voice packs? No. Aha, there's a new voice pack coming called Helix, and we'll put a link uh, in the show notes, and I will say it's for everybody who likes a villain with breathing problems. (laughs) Okay. Is James Earl Jones still alive? <laughs> oh, yeah, he's still out there. Okay. He's, he's certainly still out there, but I don't okay, think yes. he did this one. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Yeah, so um, if you <laughs> if you want to see um, whether or not um, <laughs> it's your kind of wingman, then that's up to you. I got the strangest feeling that I... Uh, I I cannot imagine this character being a wingman. It's not me, for anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> well, well in other new, up, in, I don't know who it is. What other villains have breathing problems? I'm assuming it's meant to be Darth Vader. Yeah, well, I was trying to be particularly vague about it, but because okay. they definitely are. Not really, which was yeah. Darth Wink Wink. <laughs> no, sorry, Mr. Mouse. It was, it's not Darth Vader, honest. Yeah. I it's, don't want to call it. It's, it's his Yorkshire cousin, Daft Ada. <laughs> I don't want to get out of the sound files of <laughs> until they sound like a smurf or something. Oh no, don't give them ideas. You'll have brainy smurf mm. um, numbers next. Um, right. Now, for those of you who are wondering who Commander Beetlejude is, um, not only does she do fantastic Galnet news commentary, and as we've said, put Wotherspoon in his place, 
She also does some fantastic artworks based on Elite Dangerous and also painting some mighty fine models, I might say. Um, so if you want to see these come to life, uh, you go to um, to YouTube, look up Beetle Jude uh, and just admire all her speedrun videos as she creates these uh, uh, these pieces of art. Really nice to see. And normally they, they are given away to or, or sold to charity to, to help raise money for uh, various charities as well, which is always nice. Uh, on the subject of charity, um, as is mentioned on the uh, the live stream, this. yeah, why not? <laughs> I'm sorry, Tweaks. I know you are piloting. It's all good. What am I reading? I missed you. Uh, have a look at the show notes, and you'll see stuff about Dockers. So you might want to. Slow oh, no, we're not. We are not at Dockers yet. Oh, we're not, oh, you're not? Okay, I thought you meant... I thought no. that's what you were wanting him to do. Oh, okay. No, 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 no. This okay. is the special okay. effect charity stream on the 23rd of October by Alchemy Den. Ah. Yes, they're doing a um, effectively a, a mock F1 race, uh, a virtual mock 1 F1 race, and though the person that loses has to circumnavigate a planet in an SRV. That doesn't sound fun. I know it's, it's, it's extremely painful. Sham. Um, yeah, talking about the charity streams, do we know if Frontier are doing a Christmas special effect charity stream? Because obviously, what I'm thinking about is if they're not going to do one, people would normally donate to that charity stream can direct their attention to this charity stream. Uh, well, we don't know whether or not know. Um, yeah. Frontier are doing one again. Um, it's. It's just they one of those... something as, didn't they do something as part of Game Blast last year? They did, but that wasn't part of the... Uh, did they even do a Christmas stream? No. It's no, been, it's been quite a while. There was one last year, now that you mention it. Well, that was probably COVID, but the year before? I think they did um, sure the year before. before there was one. I remember an, a long stream yeah. right around Christmas time a couple of years ago for charity. Well, what I'm going to suggest is don't wait for Frontier to do a special effect Christmas stream. If you want to give a special effect and do a stream, go on this one. Good advice. Um, on the subject of good advice, we have our mostly clueless tip. And it's a tip from the mature man. The ma mature man? The manure man. Yeah, I made a shit of that one, didn't I? Um, right. Uh, he says, you don't need to put your defensive utility mounts on any fire groups. You just go to options, ship controls, and bind a hotkey for almost all your heat sinks, um, ECMs, silent running, etc. And uh, yeah, that's... It will work very well as long as you have the energy and the ammo. So that's that's your uh, tip from the mature the mature man. I keep on saying it. It's got it's stuck in my head now. It's it's one of these. Sounds like a bit waiting to be created. Yeah, the mature manure man. Hey, how's about that? He's got a new name. <laughs> I'm my head is breaking. I wonder why. Um, unfortunately, because Psychic's not here, we don't have any smutty bits. So. Um, We'll go, we'll go to some any other business. Now, obviously, that other game has been mentioned and shown uh, on this stream. 
Sacrilege, I tell you. Um, now, obviously, they had CitizenCon. So, Ben, in less than two minutes, what can you tell us about CitizenCon? Giving it very briefly, they showed us their new system, um, which is looking very yellow. Well, one of the planets is looking very yellow. Uh, they showed us a nice run-through of a mission, which I really like, actually, because it means you can... The way they're doing it, you can either go in and just buy the thing you need, or you can walk up and just shoot the vendor in the head and then steal it and shoot your way out. Or you can go in at night, um, because of, because there's a day-night cycle and the NPCs actually... You know, at night time, they go to bed instead. Mm -hmm. And you can deal with the shop owner in his bedroom and then rub his rub him. Um, oh, you said rub him. Oh, rub, God. Feel. Oh, hey, now. <laughs> um, you go into his bedroom and you rub him. Oh, no. Yes. Um, so it's showing all those little things. That was nice. They showed um, a couple of new ships, including the concept art um, for them. The thing that they showed that I liked the most, though, was actually they were talking about their new rendering engine, um, which was basically it was almost like you know, Elite's um, developer chats. But <coughs> excuse me, but my God, the the. The technical detail they were getting into, I loved because it's like, you know, they're talking about basically they're talking about task switching and optimizing multi threaded rendering engine chains. And it was just so nerdy and techy, I loved it. <laughs> um, but on the other side of things, um, a lot of people were expecting it to be the same kind of content that RSI have done in the past, which has all been very razzle-dazzle, pre-scripted. You go off and you spend six months to build something just for the show, but it looks amazing in the show. Whereas this was much more, this is like coming just around the corner, guys. So it was a lot less razzle-dazzle and people were upset about that. Um... I personally prefer this because it's actually real content and less razzle dazzle, but you know that's up to them. And I guess um, we'll we'll leave it there. Yeah, uh, tweaks. Do you want to have a quick word about three five one? Yeah, for for stars as, as good as Citizen Kong was, and and I agree with Ben. It, it was a lot more grounded. It wasn't a lot of razzle dazzle this year. The big stuff for Star Citizen to me is the patch that's going to be coming out in about a probably two weeks it's in ptu right now 3.15 patch which brings in medical gameplay injuries hospitals healing all nine yards on new storage system it's, it's really drastically changing the way star citizen plays at this point in time it's just quickly getting better and better that being said i will argue to the death at this point in time that while star citizen has many things over elite elite also can be said to have a few things hanging over Star Citizen that are better. Right. So. right. Okay, uh, well... Tweaked while we're here. Pad six, mate. <laughs> Just as a slight aside, do we know how much Star Citizen's cost to develop at the moment? Isn't it almost 400 it million? Out. What was that, Ben? Sorry? I'm sure it could be worked out, but it's not something I've ever bothered. 
Yeah, I, I think at the last count, it was close to four four hundred million. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly these things are all venturing into the whole let's make a movie territory. Yeah, I mean, put it this way: Star Wars: The Old Republic cost three hundred million to develop ten years ago. So, just wow. <laughs> I wonder how much of that was licensing. Yeah, how much of that was Mark? That Mark Hamill. Oh, Mark, uh, from what I understand, Mark Hamill was quite, he knows Chris Roberts quite well, was quite quite reasonable to do in it. It was... Okay. Um, yeah. like he's he's Commander a five, major didn't working he? actor. Yeah. Three, four, and five, didn't Ian? Mark Hamill. I love Mark Hamill. I love Luke and all, but other than Star Wars, he really hasn't done a whole lot. So. Oh, he's done a ton of voice joke, work. The Joker stuff? Oh, sure. Yeah. A ton of voice work and everything. Yeah, the vo- voice work. Movie wise, yeah. not much. Yeah. Oh, well, we're going to move on before we start going down the, the Mark Hamill uh, tangent, which, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the one question of the week is, we'd like to know what you would do to entice people, or what would you do to Multicrew to make it more enticing? Uh, we, we, just like, we just want to know what your opinions are. Um, so, on to the shout-outs. Now, the first one we're going to say is... Uh, we're going to have to say hello to uh, Zach Antonacci, who has uh, left Frontier Developments, and he now works for uh, Kepler Interactive. Uh, now, he worked at Frontier for, was it six years? And he's a good friend of the show. It's quite a while, yeah. Yeah, so um, it's, a, it's a shame that he's, he's moved on, but he does seem that uh, he's found a, a nice uh, this place at Kepler Interactive, which is... Uh, it sounds like he's very excited and looking forward to the opportunities there. And But uh, I must admit, I'm going to miss Zach a bit. Um, yeah. Sham? Yeah, we, with Zach going, it feels a little bit like an end of an era, really. And, of course, we wish it well and and that. And he will be missed. I'm, a, I'm just, as I've mentioned, I'm a little bit surprised he didn't announce it to give a proper goodbye. Because uh, I think a lot of people regard him as a really good representative of Frontier and a good guy all round. So it would it would have been nice to have had a proper goodbye rather than people just noticing a status change in Twitter and LinkedIn. Um, well, make, make of that what you will, but I think it's a shame that you yeah. say goodbye. Well, we here at Live Radio wish him all the best and hope that he keeps, he keeps in touch over a beer at LaveCon. So, uh, yeah. Uh, no, I'm not going to do the whole thing again because we've we've done it for the last uh, yeah. <laughs> couple of weeks. We're just going to mention Dockers is doing a charity Christmas special. They want your Don't money. Uh, they're absolutely filthy. Um, if you if you want to pay money for that filth, feel free. You're not paying money for that filth. It's a charity. Yeah, but you're still getting filth in return of your money. Well, you'd be getting filth whether you paid for it or not, but yes. Yeah. If, if you want to, to um, donate to get your filth, go to uh, www.justgiving.com slash team slash beyond dockers. So, um, yeah. Um, we'll say uh, hello to our sister station, Hutton Orbital Radio, which broadcasts on a Thursday at 8.30. Um, you tune in at Twitch TV, Twitch 
radio.tv slash Hutton Oberl's Truckers, or if you just want the audio, go to radio.forthemug.com. For the discerning commander that likes a bit of CQC action, check out the CQC Discord at discord.me slash EliteDangerousCQC. Um, also, uh, giving shout outs to the following Elite Dangerous and Space Sim podcasts. Uh, so that's Allograb AM, there's the Black Sky Legion, who uh, Tweet is part of. When do, when do you broadcast Tweet? You can catch us live on YouTube and Twitch every Friday night at 8 p.m. Eastern. And I believe uh, that's what, 12 UTC currently? Oh, I'll take your word for it there. Yeah, well past my bedtime. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we have the Canon podcast for the Spanish speakers. There's the Elite Cast or Elite Cast or Elite Cast. I'm now getting told that I'm mispronouncing everything wrong, that I'm offending the Spanish. Oh, goody. Um, Fatherhood podcast, Flight Assist, the Guard Frequency, who have also done an awful lot on the uh, Citizen Con thing. Um, we've got Loose Screws. Uh, we've got New Worlds Zero Prep. Uh, we've got Squeaking Fuel and System Chat. And for those of you that want a literary discussion about sci-fi and fantasy books, then there's the Data Slate podcast created by Alan Stroud. Yes, Jan, about podcasts. Uh, yeah, we, we, we know Wave Radio has listened uh, pretty much worldwide, which is stunning to think about. So if you have a foreign language <laughs> podcast please we would love to hear about it not just because you want to sort of see what uh, um different countries think of elite but also we want to see colin squirm and trying to pronounce them so if you've got anything in mandarin <laughs> or a, a russian a russian, a russian elite dangerous podcast or, or, yeah or kazakhstan or anything like that please let us know because we want to see how good colin's Cunning linguists. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, considering the, in the elite dangerous drink in the live radio drinking game, anytime I mispronounce something, everybody's good to take a shot. Which means that by the end of that, everybody will be wasted. I I don't see a downside here. <laughs> and that's the idea, right? We have a drinking game on our show too. It's every time one of us talks while we're muted, somebody takes a shot. So it works out the same. Well, following on from this, we have the latest Galnet News Digest that's provided by Commander Waterspoon and Commander Beetlejude. Uh, and we'd like to th just like to thank everybody who's twitched in, uh, twitched in, who's chipped in on the Twitch chat and the in-game commanders that have... Well, did you, you two guys get anybody annoying you while you were flying around Elite Dangerous or we, did you manage to evade everybody? Uh, Miggles did ask where I was. Oh, not Miggles, sorry, was... Oh, somebody said where I asked where I were, and I was like, "Sorry, I'm 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 nowhere near you, and I'm mm. also in a ship." <laughs> uh, we also say a special thanks to Commander Tokuso who created the music for the introduction of the show. Um, has anybody got any any final points they want to say before I close out the show? Good Isaac. <laughs> Good night, Zach. Yeah. Um, well, that's it for another episode of Lave Radio. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, you can email info at laveradio.com, hit us up at facebook.com slash laveradio, tweet us at laveradio, and you can join our Discord server by going to discord.io slash laveradio. We also have a TeamSpeak server where commanders like to hang out and chat, and you'll find that at teamspeak.laveradio.com. 
Now, do get in touch if you have any questions or if there's anything you'd like us to discuss in a future episode. Now, Live Radio is recorded live on a Tuesday evening at 8.30 and streamed out at laveradio.com slash live. So, thanks to Tweet, thanks to Ben, thanks to Shan, and special thanks goes to today's tech specialist, uh, Putnik Santiago, and also Commander uh, Ventura, who is who's been helping out as well. Uh, so until next time, Commanders, fly safe. I bet you someone took a drink then, and if you can't do that, fly dangerous. Radio, my bird of the week. Hello. I need a new computer. Your family's Egyptian now? Galnet News Digest, 12th of October, 3307. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, 30% off fleet carriers as Colonia Bridge Goal smashed. The cat that got the card. Torval drops the Mustopolis. <laughs> 30% off fleet carriers as Colonia Bridge Goal smashed. The first part of the initiative to build a bridge of megaships every 500 light-years from the bubble to Colonia was completed with 48 hours to spare after an extremely enthusiastic response from commanders. Brewer Corporation is sponsoring the initiative, partly to make tritium more readily available to its fleet carrier owners on this popular run. The fleet carriers will be stationed at intervals along the route, providing a safe haven and facilities for commanders and their ships, as well as fleet carrier refuelling services. As a result of the maximum achievement for this phase of the exercise, Alcor will build 25 megaships and Colonia will build 5. 
not the other way round, as certain disreputable news organisations reported last week. Starting on Friday the 15th of October, for one week only, fleet carriers in Alcor and Colonia will be sold at 30% discount, presumably with a price of only 3.5 billion credits, as will fleet carrier services, making fleet carrier ownership more affordable than ever. In addition, the top 10 commanders of the 257 who took part in the Colonia initiative and the top 10 commanders of the 4,200 who took part in the Alcor initiative will be offered the chance to name the megaships that will be put in place as a result of this initiative, starting with Megaship McMegaship Face. Sally and Arthur really had no idea what to do with themselves. Your fleet carrier is at risk if you do not keep up maintenance payments of fleet carriers for life, not just for Christmas. Silly ship names such as Megaship McMegaship Face may be changed to David Attenborough by the Public Relations Department of Brewer Corporation. Terms and conditions apply. Don't get your hopes up, mate. The Cat That Got The Card The galaxy's most entertaining thief appears to have got the better of secretive gambling club The Joker's Deck, according to Warglass detective Francesca Wolfe's latest report. A Joker playing card that signifies the current host of The Joker's Deck gambling club was revealed at a secret ceremony, in a secret room, in the secret gambling club's secret meeting on an unknown planet, by current host Lexi October, according to Wolfe. And when she, with great ceremony, displayed the card to the assembled, secret but also famous and fabulously wealthy, club members, it was not a joker after all, but a winking cat. The winking cat is the trademark and tag of the notorious winking cat crew, the individual or group of individuals that stole Uscape from a titanium vault in the Garden City Gallery on Turner's World in June 3304, who stole Candromir's New Dawn collection of figures from the Imperial Museum of Culture in Eotienses in September that year, and who stole a Rembrandt to Picasso and an Okeke from the Museum of Civilization on Mars in February 3305. In each case, the artwork was replaced with the stylized winking cat. Most famously, the winking cat struck at the New Year's celebration on Mars in 3305, replacing a giant hologram of the Federal Insignia with the giant winking cat, which was visible across the Federal capital city, and which caused the Federal Security Service immense embarrassment when they were unable to explain the security lapse. In August 3305, the Winking Cat donated art rather than stealing it, by breaking in and adding the long-lost Madigan masterpiece Pennant Street to a display in the Garden City Gallery during the Alliance Festival of Culture. The work had been lost in transit 60 years earlier and is considered more valuable than the work the Winking Cat stole from the same gallery the previous year. So... The winking cat seems to be more interested in notoriety, in ridiculing the establishment, and in cleverly evading complex security systems, than in stealing artworks for gain. And in this latest stunt, some of the wealthiest and most powerful people in the galaxy have been made fools of by one highly amusing cat. Torval drops the Mustopolis. Senators Amina Torval's mining venture has dropped the name Mustopolis from its title and is now simply Torval Mining Limited. The fully independent company retains Torval's daughter Constantia as its operations director 
and the senator becomes the new CEO. The split is alleged to have been made amicably and with honour, and Constantia Torval has assured customers that their interests will be guaranteed following the split. In an unusual move, shares in both companies can be interchanged freely for stock in the other company, allowing supporters of the Mustopoulos and Torval dynasties to easily transfer resources. Torval Limited is reported to have acquired many of the operational assets of Mustopoulos Mining, which until recently was largely controlled by Senator Zamina. The senator lost her position on the Mustopoulos board when she was pushed out by matriarch Gabriella Mustopoulos. However, it is clear that Torval made the first move when she chose to create a subsidiary of the corporation, which has now become simultaneously a competitor and a stock share partner. It seems unlikely that Mustopoulos Mining will take kindly to the loss of its assets, and the smart money is on some sort of conflict between the two companies, possibly as soon as this week. And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News. We read the news so you don't have to.